Welcome to episode 2 of the Coastal Creek Podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Matt. Coming up on today's episode. We've got five news stories in five minutes, in our five in five. We'll be talking about our favourite wooden roller coasters. We've got a great competition coming up, so stick around for that, where you'll be able to win some great merch. Sounds great. So, let's get started. Let's go. Yes, hello, welcome to the Coastal Crate Podcast. Now let's get ready, let's get straight in with the news. We've got five in five here, Tom, are you ready? I'm ready, so it's five news stories in five minutes. We haven't discussed these, you've prepared them, yep. I'm quite excited. Opposite to last week, you gave me the news last time, so I'm giving it to you this time. Very kind of you. Yep, you're welcome, you know, you can't say, you know, I don't do these things, you know. <laughs> True, true, I'll give you that. Very generous. But very yeah, generous. Very generous. I'll, I'll decide how generous you are based on the, the high calibre and quality of the news stories. Well, you really probably already know them anyway, so... <laughs> You'll have to test me. All right, let's get started. Otherwise, you're a bad enthusiast. <laughs> okay, all right, number one. I'm starting my timer. Here we go, three, two, one. Number one, uh, Universal Studios Japan released their Super Nintendo World uh, trailer. And oh, wow, okay. gave us a few more snippets of information about what's what's going to be in the park so what sort of rides can we expect then well it sounds like there's going to be a Mario Kart ride which they're saying is going to be um, the next generation of theme park rides I'm, I'd be really which is what Universal always tell us when they build a new attraction I guess you know ever since Autopia that sort of ride of being in a car's kind of appealed and we've had different iterations on that we've had Test Track we've had the Cars ride in, in Cars Land but to be able to, to sit in a Mario Kart and drift around and race hopefully with, with other riders I think that's the ultimate evolution that'd be so exciting do you think it's strange that they're building a, a kind of a gaming thing in a film based theme park I mean if you were going to be kind of in, entirely strict on those sort of rules I think they've, they've arguably gone a, a long time ago really but I must admit yeah video gaming is clearly a, a definitely a whole different genre to movies but you know it's theme parks are all about IP nowadays particularly obviously with Disney and Universal and you know people love Mario they've got such an affinity for it particularly in Japan and obviously they want to get it ready in time for the Tokyo Olympics as well so it, it just all adds up it's a no-brainer true okay number two uh, Holiday Inn have signed an agreement to operate the Paramount Park uh, in Kent's hotels uh, and resorts which is okay oh wow yeah I believe it's scheduled to open in 2022 I mean, this is, the, this is the one that keeps on getting pushed back, isn't it? So I'll exactly, be honest, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be surprised if it does open in 2021. But I'd be, I'd be quite excited. Well, I mean, it's it it's like another vote promising... of confidence, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, they keep like doing this, it, you know. But it's a the more of these we get, it takes a long time to um, to build. But it sounds quite exciting. So, how many hotels have they got planned? How, how big is this kind of going to be? I'm not sure if we've got those details yet. Um, yeah, they're saying 4,000 guest rooms uh, across the resort, across uh, multiple multiple hotels. Wow, 4,000 rooms is, in, is insane, really. I think we're getting, I mean, clearly past something like Alton Towers would be a lot closer to Disneyland Paris with those sort of numbers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay, number three here. Uh, terrorist attacks um, have caused an attendance drop uh, across the Merlin Entertainment's theme parks uh, and attractions. Wow, so obviously, I mean, London's been quite heavily affected recently, and there's, there's numerous midway attractions in london which i think have always been yeah you know, particularly with expansions like the london aquarium and, and shrek's adventure always been quite you know seen as quite profitable and, and lucrative for merlin so if, if they start to fall then you know merlin could be in in quite tricky waters particularly after the the smiler incident a couple of years ago as well yeah there's a figure here that says it could have fallen by up to 10 percent that really adds up M- mind you though i did go to man empty swords in um february this year and, and queued um a about two hours to get in, so ten percent less people there for that would have been would have been made it slightly more bearable. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, those those London Midway attractions are absolutely rammed during peak times. But admittedly, during weekdays they can be quite they're quite empty. But clearly, the the revenues from those will help theme park investment as well. So it all has a knock on effect. Yeah, true. Okay, number four, Lightwater Valley have been bought out by um, Livingstone Leisure, who um, okay. also happen to own Flambards. I, I quite enjoyed Flambards when I went. This, this was about 15 years ago, so I'm not sure it was the same company. But if 
you know small parks uh, like light water they they need the investment you know clearly they're not going to get you know new big coasters anytime soon they can obviously kind of live off their existing ones but they do need you know decent areas decent flat rides and, and just the investment you know you see you know, as Alton are doing at the moment just in that that, that quality for guests if they don't get that then it's it's all going to start to fall apart so hopefully they'll get that so it doesn't go the same way Oakwood went well, exactly. I mean, in fairness, I haven't been to uh, Lightwater at all. I, I definitely want to get out there and, and ride the ultimate. But um, yeah, hopefully this this means some good investment. Yeah, fingers crossed there. And number five, uh, lastly, the Walt Disney Company have completed their takeover of Disneyland Paris. So they're now own over ninety seven percent. I mean, that's quite uh, quite interesting. Obviously, ever since day one, they've been slowly eating up more and more shares, and it's not always been that. You know, I, I think ultimately, if you build in all the original construction costs. They've yet to actually break even on Disneyland Paris. Clearly, one day it it will be. Um, operating profits kind of go up and down, and sometimes it it operates at a loss. But um, hopefully, one day it can it can actually you know be able to justify it was worth doing in the first place. But um, hopefully, you know, as again, Disney uh, owning it means there can be real investment, and not just you know in the odd new attraction. But hopefully, we can start to see some of the exciting technologies you know um disney experience plus fast pass plus and all that you get at disney world hopefully they can bring it over to paris as well yeah i mean i think you can tell that they've had more interest in it um i mean the studio park's always always been a pretty poor park when you think about it oh, definitely, yeah. can, i mean yeah i mean even when you compare it with um hollywood studios um in florida it's, it's such a poor park it's kind of unbelievable how how bad it is I don't know, um, Matt. That 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 park has, you know, a everyone wants to check out what the special effects of Armageddon were like, and that park. Well, of course, because it's completely irrelevant nowadays, isn't it? Exactly. This that park provides millions of visitors yeah, the opportunity to experience that, and you know, we've we, there doesn't need to be a catastrophe cannon uh, still operating uh, in true. the world. So, um, it's, you know, Studios in Paris has to deliver that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, you can tell that they've got involved. Ever since they um they put in Ratatouille, really, I mean the quality of that compared to everything else in that park is, you know, it doesn't even it doesn't even compete. I mean, total emission for my part. Now, I've not been to uh, Disneyland Paris since two thousand two before I think studios opened. So I definitely the But hopefully the studios might be actually be a full day park anytime soon, and I'll be able to actually make a day of it. Yeah, I really didn't think that the Ratatouille like ride itself was actually that good oh, okay. obviously the area is great and the theming is great but for me the ride felt like it was just lacking something and like, i can't actually put my finger on what it is i couldn't say to you oh you know it's missing this it was missing that for me as an experience uh it, it just didn't feel complete well, well, well I'll, have, I'll have to wait and check it out then but um that's really all right uh we went um a, a little bit over there but i think it was definitely worth discussing that <gasps> Matt, Matt, we have one job, and that's to provide our listeners with five informative news stories in five minutes. How long did it take, do you know? Six minutes and 51 seconds. Oh my god, that is appalling from our part. That's not good enough. Um, I need to apologise. I'll tell you what, should we make it up to them? Go on then. So yeah, the main topic for this week's show, yeah. Wooden Roller Coaster, is clearly a very popular type of roller coaster amongst enthusiasts and the great thing is where you may have thought maybe five or ten years ago that you know in in advance of all the new technologies and steel coasters they're maybe going a bit by the wayside actually we're seeing so much investment in them and and none more prominent to those of us in the uk than you know the dream finally coming true alton tower is getting a wooden roller coaster it's not the the cross one that's the the thing though isn't it it's like I mean, they've always said that they would never get one because guest feedback said that, you know, they think they're unsafe and stuff. So it must have taken something quite special for them to either change their mind or for someone to convince them enough that it's the right investment. No, definitely. Well, we'll talk about uh, SWA to Olden Towers and also a one of our customers will be checking out in Orlando later this year called Mindblower. Oh, I'm looking forward to that one. Let's start at the start, and let's talk about our first wooden roller coasters. Um, so, Matt, do you, do you know yours? What was what was the first ever wooden roller coaster you went on? Um, I, I don't know if I can even remember. <laughs> we, oh, this is this is expertly preferred. <laughs> um, what, what do you think it might I, be? What's the first one that I you can remember? I think it's probably Megaphobia. Megaphobia. So this is at probably. Oakwood, right? Yeah, Oakwood, yeah. Okay, so talk, I mean, talk to us a bit about it. 
well, it, it is a fantastic ride. I mean, it's amazing that they ever really put that in. I mean, when the um, family who actually originally owned Oakwood, you know, put that in, it, it must it obviously must have caused such a buzz in the in the community. Well, not even the community, but just in in general, really, because it's been consistently rated as one of the top wooden roller coasters in the world. Now, I did go to Pembrokeshire on a holiday, probably uh, just over ten years ago or so. It's um, a nice place. So I have been in Megaphobia probably about two or three times when I was there, and I I do remember it um, really taking my breath away. It's 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 hilarious because it's on the edge of the park, so right beyond it are just fields with sheep in it's all very literally casual. there you've are just got, sheep yeah just jam, just chilling by the supports uh structure of all these twists and turns and it, and it really packs a punch now am i right in thinking that john warby was actually involved with it yeah i think i think you are right there um i don't know the extent of how involved he was did he design it this is this is when kind of informative sources such as us should uh should know but um, yeah. we should really give this job up and give it to people <laughs> who have the knowledge but it's nice to uh to idly uh speculate. we can pretend yeah yeah we'll say he designed it yeah are we st- we starting that rumor here so um did john Wally single-handedly build it as well yes he did in <laughs> in a week well i'll tell i'll tell you what i'm um i'm just um running off the top of my head slash looking up on Wikipedia um, it was designed by Dennis McNulty and Larry Bell so oh, Dennis and Larry designed by um, John Wally but I've definitely seen photos of him with it he's definitely had some involvement so it was built in in 1996 um, so just over 20 years of operation now when's the last time you went to Oakwood what sort of stage is it in? Um, the park was the, in general the park was in a pretty good state I think it was before the takeover, so everything was kind of, you know, in in better shape than it is now. I mean, obviously they've brought in new areas and stuff now and improved, you know, theming in areas, but it's not the same park to me. It doesn't have that same feel about it as it did before. Um, as as far as megaphobia goes, I think it's probably um, pretty consistently good. I don't know if you know. I think they probably do keep on top of the maintenance on it because they know it's there headline attraction and do you think actually that wooden roller coasters get better with age um probably not actually because <laughs> if you look if, if i mean if you look at what happened to guazi at bush gardens mm-hmm. i mean i don't think that got better with age it just you know there was obviously a period where the park just felt this is actually way too rough we need to shut it down because I guess that's you know what many people and particularly enthusiasts say the appeal for wooden roller coasters are they they are a bit well they are a bit more out of control you know as I said in our last podcast about Woden it you know it it feels like it's really you know fighting the track at all times you know the, the train's kind of clinging on to it for it's still alive and you can feel it's it's you know it's really being thrown around it's not kind of the definition of smooth and in anyone's books, but I guess there's, there's clearly a limit for that. I I thought that Woden, even in its present state, was was maybe pushing that. But I guess clearly anything with with time, when it's going naturally going to get a bit rougher, probably uh, might exceed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it helps um, when they kind of reintroduce um, uh, new trains and stuff on it. Um, that that can help, and you know, replacing wheels and all that sort of stuff can help. And you know, even um, Stampeda at Port Ventura, they've retracted parts of the ride to kind of, because that's famously rough. Because I guess, um, you know, that's proven in many, particularly more seaside uh, amusement parks, a good, well-maintained wooden roller coaster can actually keep going for years and years and years. It may oh, not yeah, definitely, have the yeah. same. Uh, it may not have you know uh, have the same quality throughout its life, but it can it can definitely. Still operate, still, uh, and you know, hold the you know hearts and affections of many people. They, you know, they completely, they give you a different ride whenever every time, not every time you go on it, but if you go on it in the morning, you'll get a, a different ride than you will in you know, say, end of the day when it's been running all day. Mm-hmm. So they can, well, I guess that's true for a lot of coasters, but wooden coasters in general have that kind of character about them, don't they? Oh, definitely. Um. Great. I mean, any, anything further on Megaphobia? Would you, so would you advise, knowing what you do about the current state of Oakwood, and so we've got this really great host of Megaphobia, we've got a Gershlauter 
um, coaster in the you're fighting in the form of speed there, and which is actually a really good Gus Lauer actually that ride. Oh, okay. Is it actually, is it worth going for all those those rides, or is there not actually enough decent stuff and not nice for everyone parks to actually want to visit nowadays? I don't know. That's a good point. Um, I would say don't make the trip there if it's okay. going to take you longer than. Because I like guess Pembroke is not hour. the easiest place to access. No, it's, it's not an yeah. easy place if, to access. If, if but it is I'm full of tourists. Anyway. It is full of tourists and you know holiday makers and so it actually is a really good um, tourist spot. And there's actually a, a park down the road. I mean, it's not a theme park as such, but uh, called Folly Farm. Oh, yeah. And um, when I used to go there on my holidays when I was younger, you know, it wasn't it wasn't that great. It was okay. Oakwood was the big one that everyone went to, but now it's completely reversed. And you know, Oakwood's kind of like oh, you know. It's kind of people are saying it's badly run you know they're not introducing any new rides whereas Folly Farm's completely turned it around and I mean Folly Farm was probably never a bad experience in the first place but now it's it's a massive zoo and you know they've expanded it loads and it's getting great reviews online and it, for me it, it feels like they've really kind of dropped the ball with Oakwood okay I never thought, and about our listeners never thought that we'd be talking about Folly Farm on the Coast Crate podcast. But uh, well, there you, you go. Know, we, anything you goes. Comprehensive. Anything um, goes. <laughs> I'm just looking at the um, TripAdvisor on Oakwood as well. It's, it's three out of five. I mean, Oof. a theme park shouldn't be getting any lower than four. Definitely not. Definitely. You're not. always going to get bad reviews because you know people don't like queuing, which is unfortunately part and parcel of going to a theme park. But when there are reviews that say stuff like the park is deteriorating, have been going annually for five years, last five years has seen significant decline in quality, it's sad, uh, three of the five biggest rides weren't functioning, total rip-off, all the big rides were shut. You know, it just kind of makes makes you wonder, like, where's where's the future of this park? Like, where's it headed? Like, Because at the moment, it's not looking good. Fair enough. Um... In my opinion. <laughs> have to add that. We'll just uh, the legal disclaimer. Have that yeah. there. Um, great, awesome. Uh, we'll move on to my first one in roller coaster now. And as you said, as you said, I I can't explicitly remember, but running back and having a a think through, I'm probably gonna say it's the Big Dipper at Blackpool Pleasure Beach. All right. Okay. And so this um, opened in 1923. It's almost 100 years old. Wow. In fact, just this that year, it's insane. been made a Grade Two listed building, so it will not be knocked down. Uh, See, I kind of, I, I was reading stuff up about how like they can grade list a, a roller coaster, and I mean, what happens when that becomes unsafe and they need to redo it, or you know, they want to replace the trains, or it needs retracking, like? Can they not I, mean, touch I don't it? know all the ins and outs on on planning law, but I think um, if if they do want to do anything to it, they'll have to get permission from English Heritage who set the building. So so clearly um, that they, they'll be able to to make a case and um, and you know you can you can um, put alterations into to make stuff safe or bring it up to kind of um, you know modern operational standards. I mean, take you know the towers, Alden Towers. That's a I think a great. Um, um, perhaps one list of building. I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head, but um, you know, the, the Alton can can install you know um, you know handrails on the staircases there to make them safe and those sort of safety features. But um, and clearly, danger of death signs as well. Exactly, but um, clearly they can't go you know just kind of doing bods jobs and putting like new looking walls in and stuff like that. So because um, it feels there, like it's kind of like a... it, if the wood's rotting to pieces, I'm sure they'll be able to do something about it. But they it feels can't. like it's the penguin pool at London Zoo all over again. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know they, they had like an original penguin pool that was kind of like an oval shape literally looked like a, a, someone's garden swimming pool and it had like slides going into it that the penguins were supposedly like you know supposed to slide down and, and go into and then you know someone at one point was like this is a really nice structure let's you know make it grade whatever listed but then after that someone was like well penguins don't go down slides penguins <laughs> don't live at, at like Water parks, you know, and so then they had to build a Is more that the natural. Is the episode penguins don't live in water? Parks. That's the title of the episode. Yeah. Okay. Deal. <laughs> um, so yeah, then they had to build that more natural kind of environment for them, and now 
that penguin pool just has, I think it's probably got a fountain in the middle just to make use of it but it's not a, it's not an amazingly nice looking structure well I think there's something quite nice though I mean bring it back to the Big Dipper so the Big Dipper is described as a out and back wooden roller coaster so um, you know, I guess not maybe amazingly dissimilar to the modern hyper coasters today. You know, you go up a lift hill and then you go up and down, up and down. You'll you'll go, you know, round on a bank turn and then up and down, up and down. Gradually, obviously, uh, uh, less high on the way back. Um, but you know, clearly, it and particularly in the 1920s, it d- did that job very well. You know, it goes at 40 miles an hour. It's 20 meters high. Last two minutes as well. Um, and see if you can guess what the construction cost was for this in 1922 Matt oh, uh, 10 so this grand is, this, this is the big one well, I'll get 25,000 actually oh, okay I could have but, had um, you know half of it yeah you helped help me prove my point though so um, absolutely next to nothing but clearly obviously uh, inflation changes a fair bit of that yeah yeah um, that's, that's what I was doing but I mean so I would have been about probably about nine when I went to Blackpool Pleasure Beach and you know even to this day I've not been on the big one I think that's a bit too particularly with you know kind of the exposure and the wind in Blackpool as well it just seems kind of a bit a bit too high um, oh come on come maybe, on maybe one day I'll go on it but anyway I, I've not been on it yet so don't forget we're going to uh, Florida in September and uh, you'll be going on Shikra which I think is higher than that doesn't sound you know, your famous blue fire was higher than um the big one and I went you to mean that. Silver Star. I, I think I think just the way it's positioned, you know, obviously it's a dense theme park, so you stood right next to the track and then it's right near the scene, it's very windy in Blackpool. I think that just gives the extra feeling of it of kind of exposure there, if you know what I mean. But um so, you know, not wanting to do that, the big difference proves And if you think that Tom is a wimp, please uh, email our uh, email address, uh, Tom at uh UK and send him your uh, hate mail. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Um, so something something so nice and pleasant it may not tick all the boxes we're looking for from roller coaster nowadays but I think given the fact it's almost 100 years old you have to just admire the heritage of being able to do and think about all the people that it you know it's it's, you know switched on to roller coasters and and the like and without those rides we wouldn't have you know the rides we have now we wouldn't have Woden (laughs) exactly well I I, I don't know I, I, I think um I'm not sure what was going on in someone's mind when they designed Woden. It definitely wasn't the an awesome ride. Big Dipper at uh, Blackpool Pleasure Beach. But I think you're, you're moving very nicely on to uh, kind of the next bit of Wooden Rock is something to talk about. So we both recently went to Germany recently. We discussed in our last episode our best and first rides at Europa Park. Um, and you ranked uh, Woden, the park's wooden roller coaster, quite a recent addition. Was your favourite ride in the park. I ranked it as my fifth favourite and uh, I got lots of scores. Criminal. Absolutely criminal. For that. I but, kind of wish uh, that we you... were recording this um, a, a while after we released the first one, just so I could sit here and go, I told you so, whilst just everyone the, is going, you're an idiot, Tom, you're an idiot. It. It's, it's everyone's number one ride at Europa Park. What are you on about? <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, we're recording it on the night of it going out, so we don't know yet. We don't know. I, I, everyone could go, Tom, you've, you've spoken my mind. Thank you for some no. sense. Maybe no. not, maybe not. But anyway, we, so. we discussed Woden quite a bit then, but we actually rode another wooden roller coaster during our trip to Germany, and that is Mammut oh, at God. Trip Drill. So, I, I, I don't let's even maybe wanna, compare the I two. I don't it's even want to classify it as a wooden roller coaster. Go on, so, so tell us about your thoughts on Mammut then. It doesn't feel like a wooden roller coaster. It doesn't ride like a wooden roller coaster. It doesn't sound like a wooden roller coaster. It doesn't give you that roar. It doesn't feel out of control. Everything no, that is like a hallmark of a wooden roller coaster, it just doesn't have. It has quite an interesting start, though. Oh, the start is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, the whole concept of it is pretty cool in itself. Um, you come out the station and kind of go down a small... Do you go down a drop? No, you don't go down a drop. You kind of just turn into... Um... No, I think you go down a drop just before the lift hill, but you see... You oh, that's go right, the yeah. Station, turn the yeah. Corner, you go into this, like, you this drop into this area. building, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like a workshop, isn't it? And there's like saws and... All sorts of like machinery going off. I think there's probably like there's an alarm going off and stuff, isn't there? It's kind of a more rural version of um, saw the rides indoor section. <laughs> it's actually really similar to the Blue Fire um, indoor section. Oh yeah, it is actually. Yeah, there's lots of um, yeah. In, it's in, like in oh, you've got this building and oh, uh, some... this gas theme going on, and then uh, 
man that's got this sawmill theme going on, I guess. <laughs> so we go uh, out of this quite interesting, quite quite exciting section. We go up the lift hill, and you know it's 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 not a bad first drop, is it? Uh, yeah, it's a good first drop. It's reasonable. I wouldn't say it's amazing. It's and good then, though. And then we go into sweeping bank turn, and that seems to be the issue, doesn't it? Because it just all kills the speed that we got ride. from the first drop. Yeah. <laughs> just dis- it's just amazing how, it's, how, how it slows down so quickly. And I don't know what it is. You li- you feel it, though. You, it's not like mm. it's not like you just suddenly, you know, it's not like it peters out. It literally just stops. And it just kind of, I don't know, blobs around the rest of the course. Like, I don't know. Something that's really dull and slow. And I, I'm genuinely amazed. None of it looks like, you know, it's not going up kind of any too steep hills at any point, anything that would really suck kind of the speed and the pace out of it. No. But yeah, it's strangely in like an overbank turn, the speed just dissipates so quickly. And so the rest of the ride was quite a nice track, a quite fun layout, lots of helixes, ups and downs, etc. Yeah, it, I don't it's, know, it's, it's it, incredibly mild, isn't it? For me, it's it? not even that. It's, I can't say it's not fun, but I can't, I can't say that I really enjoyed it. Mm. I was, I just felt massively disappointed by it, really, because going to that park, you know, I, I had, I had thoughts that the wooden roller coaster would be the best, and then that kind of launched Gerslauer thing that we didn't really know anything about until we really got there. I thought that would, you know, be all right, but having ridden previous Gerslauers, I didn't have massively high hopes <laughs> for it. But it, it turned out that the Gerslauer uh, Caracho was you know I would say it was my favourite ride of the, that entire trip actually I, I think so as well I definitely agree with that we'll have to talk about that I think more in depth the other time we've got a great blog we'll say that for another episode is, is well if you do want to read uh, a few of our, our favourite reasons why you have to go out and ride Caracho then do check out our blog at coastgrade.co.uk and you really do have to go out there and ride it because I don't want to ho- overhype it too much because then people go out there and think <laughs> it's, it's the like, best you know, ride it's, ever. it's a nemesis beater. But um, no, it, 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 I think, you know, when we both got off that first time and we were both just like, wow, that was amazing. And it was. So, I mean, bringing it back to wooden roller coasters, we've talked about kind of the past of wooden roller coasters. So, the Big Dipper. Uh, megaphobia. I mean, megaphobia is twenty years old. The Big Dipper almost a hundred, so that's a very broad past. We talked about kind of more the present of wooden roller coasters. Both Mammoth and Woden were additions in the past few years in Germany, and clearly, you know, Woden, as we've discussed previously, intense, furious, arguably a bit too much in, in my opinion, no. your opinion. You absolutely love it. It's the uh, you know, it's the, not too uh, much. The best ride at Europa Park, and um, you know, really throws you around, gives you a, a rollicking good ride. But then. Um, did you I'm actually not. just say that? A rollicking good ride. Right, yep. Maybe that might be the quality episode, who knows? Yeah. Um, Penguins don't live in water parks, but they it's... do have a rollicking good time. <laughs> but my mutt, on the other hand, it, it it does almost the opposite. It's a good rollicking perhaps on paper, but it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't feel like it's fighting the track because it it's going around it too slowly. It's it's, it's almost kind That's of the thing, too It looks alright. Off rider, it's pretty good. Mm, definitely. It's when you get on it that it's. it's it's just disappointing. I think the first drop's okay, um, and I actually did enjoy the bit where it kind of uh, towards the end of the of the track it drops into like a tunnel full of mist. I think those oh, two yeah. were probably the the best yeah, the bits. Mist was really. interesting, yeah, quite nice. Yeah, but apart from that, it was well. massively forgettable. Unfortunately. <laughs> so with that reflection on kind of the the present day wooden roller coaster and the ones being built recently, let's turn our attention to the ones coming in the near future. So, if you don't already know, we are going to Orlando, Florida in September. We're very, very excited about it. And, of course, we're going to Disney. We're going to Universal. We're going to SeaWorld. We're going to Busch Gardens. We'll be checking out all of that. But we're also really excited to be checking out Fun Spots as well, which are... Oh, I thought you were going to say Volcano Bay. (laughs) Well, Volcano Bay is... I mean, that that maybe comes on the Universal umbrella. I just love that you were like, yeah, we're checking out Disney, whatever. Yeah, you know, we're checking out Universal, whatever. Yeah, okay, Chris yeah. Gardens, whatever, SeaWorld, um, whatever. But we're going to Fun Spot. <laughs> I was, maybe I should have said Denny's instead, but we're going to Denny's. That's the real reason we're going. Um, <laughs> but um, 
well, obviously they're, they're all going to be amazing, but Fun Spot's going to be quite interesting. It's very much, it, obviously, Orlando's arguably the home of theme parks. It's very much just an amusement park. You know, these are rides plonked down on, on concrete, you know, with you know, just simple fences around them. And they're kind of permanent you, you fairgrounds, really, aren't they? Exactly. But what drew our eyes to um, Fun Spot, Kasemi uh, in particular, which we're actually staying right nearby, is a new wooden roller coaster they're building called Mindblower. Can you tell us a bit about it, Matt? What, what's what's it going to be like? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I didn't realise until I kind of um, looked into it a bit more. I kind of thought it was just going to be um, like White Lightning, which is... Um, their other uh, wooden roller coaster. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, in the, um, uh, not the Kasemi, is it the other one just called the Orlando? I think it's just called Orlando. Uh, it's more up, uh, yeah. international drive, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, I thought it was just going to kind of be another wooden roller coaster, but it's actually going to be Florida's only inverted wooden roller coaster. Wow, so it's so it's got an inversion. In. What, what sort of inversion where is it going to be? Uh, looking at the uh, photos and stuff of it now, it looks like it's straight after the first drop. Um, and the first drop actually Smooth. looks pretty damn steep. It looks good. Oh my god. Yeah, it definitely looks like a. Um, it looks going to pack a punch, I think. It, so is, it, is it a kind of a barrel roll, this inversion? Rather than. Uh, it's not, it's yeah, not a vertical I think loop so. or a corkscrew. No, it's not a vertical loop, no. Uh, it's is not it not really like a pretzel corkscrew. loop? I, I like a wooden roller because we have pretzel loops sometimes soon. <laughs> I don't think it's a pretzel loop. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it it's looks, it looks kind of more like a. I don't know. Is it? What is it? A, oh a no! It's, it, on RCDB, they do call it a corkscrew, but it's not oh, as really? tight as. Okay. Yeah, but it's not as tight as a corkscrew, is it? It's kind of. It well, it says corkscrew slash barrel roll. So. We'll we'll inspect it for us. So anyway, we will be going there ourselves in September, and of course, we'll be bringing you lots of videos and exciting content from all these parks. But we're really excited for Mindblower, just to be able to, you know, a fun spot, particularly the Kasemi one, isn't very big at all, it's got a quite a small wild mouse coaster, a couple of go-kart tracks and a few flat rides, but to actually be building a bespoke wooden roller coaster, I'm wondering, Yeah, it's you know, kind of insane for a park of that size, isn't it? Really exciting, I wonder where they got the money from. Six million dollars, apparently. That, that's actually really quite cheap. That's you know, even with today's exchange rate, about five million pounds. But for a park that size, you know, all they've got, they've got some go karts. You know, they've got a couple of flats. That's a big investment. I mean, they are going to charge nine dollars a ride for it. So after that's true. But who pays the nine dollars? Everyone just gets the <laughs> wristbands, right? <laughs> after six hundred thousand riders, it might just pay for itself. Interestingly, well, uh, as well, numbers. it has a hundred and fifteen degrees. Uh, overbanked curve, which looks amazing. So let me just get my understanding is so on most sorts of roller coasters, there's kind of multiple sets of wheels, aren't there? So one's above the track, one's below the track. So it, the the train's kind of locked in to the track; it, it can't really fall off. But I don't believe that's the case on wooden roller coasters. Am I right? So we're we're going we're doing an inversion, and we're having really steeply banked turns. <laughs> And I'm relying on kind of centrifugal g-force just to actually keep the weight of the train pressing against the track rather than just flying off. I don't know. I'm I'm looking at this kind of. Will, will the park's health and safety officer be there upon our visit? Because I've got a few questions to ask him before I go on it. <laughs> I mean, I can't really see the wheel assembly that great in in the images. Um, but again, we it's need kind our of, press passes, don't we, just to go and inspect the wheel assembly? Yeah, definitely. We we'll get some geeky little shots of that. <laughs> um, but it's got um, lap bars, of, which is interesting as well. Of course. So the trains have been delivered now. So what? The, so the front of the train looks quite exciting. Actually, it took me by surprise. <laughs> Honestly, the name is strange. The theme of it is okay. Because I mean, no, it's a cool yeah, theme. Parks like this and coasters plonked in parks like this, they don't need any sort of theme. They just need a generic, exciting sounding name, don't they? And that, and that's that's it. true. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, um, attention grabber. Mind blower. Mind blower. Or is it a mind blower? <laughs> Maybe we could have that question on one of our upcoming t shirts or merchandise. Who knows? But yeah, you're right. The front of the train looks kind of crazy. It's, it's got a load like of three fireworks or TNT, huge isn't it? dynamite TNT fireworks sticks on the front. Wow! Definitely looks good. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be actually really good. It's it's definitely gonna be ex explosive to say the least. And 
we're currently planning, because it's right near our hotel, we're currently planning, I mean, everything going to plan and us getting through immigration at a reasonable hour. We're planning to go to this ride, hopefully, shortly after we, we arrive in Orlando and get there. I would have been up probably, because I've got to get a train all the way down to Gatwick, probably about 5 a.m. UK time that day. So I, I might be up for close to 24 hours by the time uh, we actually ride on it. So it's, it's going to be exciting. Just for a ride on Mindblower. All of that. Anything, anything, yeah. And it's the only reason we're going, we'll see right? If we, we'll see if we can, you know, squeeze a half a day in at Disney or something later on. Well, trip, but we will definitely be only, only if we, only if we really have to. <laughs> we'll begrudgingly uh, go down and see Mickey. Uh, so obviously, we'll be hearing lots more about us over the coming weeks about Orlando. So uh, do stay tuned for all of that. So that's coming up a little later this year. I think. But by the way, Mindblower is going to be opening next month. Is it? in july um i think so know? july i think they said i think they just say summer don't they so hopefully i mean they do but i think it's going to be broad definition july summer, probably so it should definitely be before then so fingers crossed um but we'll yeah, look forward hopefully. to that coming next year good? though is a wooden roller coaster in our very own country it's sw8 at alton towers so it's the one ride we've all wanted to happen at Alton Towers for a very long time a wooden roller coaster originally you know, plans and only speculative plans a very long time ago for a, a one across the valley which would have been truly epic this is going to be a little more compact a, a little more subdued isn't it matt so so where's it going to be what's 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 the rough layout it's going to be like what can we look forward to uh well originally people thought it was going to be um in gloomy wood because i think there was um the park map that was released had it listed down as gloomy wood mm -hmm. but then i think um People, what people actually realised was that the only reason it was posted in Gloomy Wood was because that was the only space on the um, bottom of the map where they could actually fit it without <laughs> extending a box. So it looks like the graphic designer for that had a bit of a uh, creative freedom to kind of see fit where he thought that it would go. I mean, that's complete... Um... So it's going where the flume used to be, and the flume, despite physically being in... Um, the, what is now the pirate area, Mutiny Bay, Mutiny Bay yeah. was always listed on the maps since Mutiny Bay came along as being in the African themed area next door, Katanga Canyon. But now that? that's. Yeah, no, it was on. Ever since Mutiny Bay. I thought it was, was, on, I thought it was the, on the, the map as on, Mutiny Bay. No, the, the flume's always, at least for the years that I'm, I've bothered to look and check, I've not been to on for a couple of years now, it has been listed as technically being part of Katanga Canyon. Because okay, everyone has ducks and bathtubs in Africa but not in pirate times which is important no so yeah. that was totally appropriate for it but um so that's physically where it is anyway quite which themed area it fits into I think so open for discussion but we do know maybe perhaps I think it's pretty much confirmed to be Mutiny Bay now isn't it well what's the th what's the theme going to be then do we know well there's been rumours that it's going to be what, what um, gonna have? there's rumours it's going to be the Wicker Man I'm not sure and this is because of a large statue structure that they're Well, that and the fact that Merlin, um, the company that registers Merlin's trademarks, um, filed a, a trademark for the Wicker Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, maybe slight giveaway. take that as you will. I mean, it, it can be something how completely unrelated. We don't really know. How Mutiny Bay, then? Well, it, exactly, it doesn't, does it? I guess not any more so than um, ducks than and bathtubs. Yeah. Um, That's true. But what what's the layout going to be like then? How intense is this going to be? What what sort of height restrictions are going to have? Well, looking at the layouts and stuff, um, it doesn't look in massively intense. Um, there could be some kind of special element. People are saying there might be a, a launched lift hill because there's a kind of a strange gradient going on with the lift hill. Um, apart from that, it doesn't look like there's a lot going on. Wow. Oh. Well, so yeah, sorry about that. It's going to be a massive disappointment, was, was, and don't bother going into it. No, I'm sure it's going to be good. It's, I'm sure it's going it's to be good. It's replacing the flume, and, and arguably the you know after the Smiler, the the um, park does need another kind of family, you know, 1.2 meter um, height restriction ride. Just to you know, I, I guess once youngsters leave Sabibi's land and before they get to Nemesis and Smiler, they do need apparently something to ride another than Rapids and Mountain Train. I guess. Nah. <laughs> maybe not then maybe, maybe they should just put um, I mean that's the thing though so um, Mindblower costs 6 million dollars 5 million pounds how much are Alton spending on this apparently much tamer ride then well you're really putting me on the spot here today Tom 
I've got so many informative questions. But I think we can safely assume, maybe we don't have the exact figure to hand, but we can, we can safely assume it's, it's going to be more, isn't it? I mean, 13, oh, which absolutely. was about 10, 12 million, wasn't it? Well, I think the difference is with the, the when Merlin give figures and budgets and stuff, mm-hmm. um, they seem to include the advertising, the marketing, all in, in the total budget that they state. Right, so, okay. I mean, Merlin could build a um, mind blower for six million and then say, oh, there's 20 million, and then they spent the rest <laughs> on the marketing. Fair enough. Well, you know, you've got to make all the money. I think that must have happened with the Smiler. And comics, haven't you? So um, I guess all that adds up. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if. By the way, can we make Mind Blower condoms for Coaster Crate anytime soon? Uh, yeah. If you if that's what you want, if that's what the public want. Well, if if our listeners if our listeners want that sort of branded merchandise, then they can they can let us know and we'll we'll try and investigate if we can manufacture those. Um, moving swiftly on though, so from I condoms we've discussed kind of the the past present and future of roller coasters what what the uh, wooden roller coaster in particular what what Sorry? kind of your overall thoughts then on woody's today oh yeah great i mean i don't <laughs> know if they're my favorite ride uh ride types but um yeah i i, I love a wooden roller coaster but um, um i don't know there's something about them that isn't as exciting as a steel coaster i think so, do, will they although I haven't ridden your... an RMC, which could, you know, that probably could change my mind. Will they make an appearance in your top twenty ride types, which we'll be investigating in the next episode? Well, no, because number one will be the uh, junior coasters. <laughs> okay, um, not <laughs> um, not rocking tugs. Definitely not rocking tugs. I know. Oh dear. I think you just you just you know overrated the rocking tug. Fair enough. Um, I mean, if I were to uh, surmise wooden roller coasters, I, I think there's a there's a happy medium to them. They serve a purpose, and it definitely is that slightly more volatile, out of control on them. Particularly the you know the the modern day ones. But do, did Merlin, you know, when they were saying a few years ago why they weren't going to build one because the public sees them as unsafe, and particularly given you know kind of the the concerns that people have and the, the media have after the Smiler, and and you know, and people people don't like the ride experience on them. Did they perhaps maybe have a have a point in that? Obviously, there's enthusiasts of them, but do the general public really care that much? I don't know. I think. Are you a member of the general public at home? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole perception of them being unsafe. I don't know if that's true. I, in fairness, now I'm not kind of. I mean, they've obviously done their research and stuff, and that's obviously what they've found out. But, um, I don't know. You would have thought, you know, people would not go on them as much as they would steel coasters. But do we see that? Well, in fairness, I mean, clearly men have changed their minds now by actually building one. So we'll just have to to wait and see. I guess what the general public reception is to FWA next year. Well, exactly. Yeah, but the issue is, it could be. Uh, unless this secret element well if there is a secret element is amazing they could be underwhelmed as well there is that possibility very true true. but it's exciting following it it's exciting that we're getting a wooden roller coaster Um, so let's you know if we think optimistically about it you never know you never know thanks Matt that was a great chat about wooden roller coasters enjoyed it And now, well, that brings us towards the end of the second Coastal podcast. As with the first one, we really appreciated you listening, and we do want all of your feedback. If you love the episode, we'd love you to go onto our iTunes or Apple Podcasts page and rate us five stars on there. It really is important. If you've got any other feedback or comments, let us know at Coastal Crate on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Yeah, I mean, let us know what you think. Let us know what you like, what you dislike. We're really keen to get people's feedback on it and kind of shape it into something that it doesn't exist because I mean the reason we did this was because there aren't any as that we know podcasts that kind of fill this particular um, uh, gap I suppose it's I mean the there's a lot of Disney gap. ones there's a lot of Universal ones but there, it's, there's it's not, not the really any UK based ones is the, the kind of UK roller coaster theme park thing I mean I can think of one YouTube channel that has the whole YouTube segment of the market so well, no, I mean podcasts. The, the, this 
we're going after the subset of the podcast market there. Yeah, like yeah, how big yeah. it is. <laughs> I'm not too sure. Maybe maybe less than five million, who knows? We've only got spurious figures to hand. But we, we do actually We're not we've quite coasted great worldwide. <laughs> we we can uh, we, we do we have been thinking about how we can market this and um, get people on board and you've come up with a great competition, Matt, so what's all that about? What can we win? So yeah, we've got a good really good competition coming up. Um, you can win a great little goodie bag that we've put together. Uh, there's a mixture of stuff in it. Some stuff's from uh, Trips Drill. Um, there might be a couple of Europa Park items in there. Not a Woden block, though, um, for all the people that are probably going to ask. Um, Why not? I thought that's all Coast of Cray did and was good for, was a Woden block. Well, you know, people have said that. But I'm not getting a Woden block. we don't have an unlimited supply of Woden blocks. Outside. We just went to Europa Park, Matt. Can you not have picked up a few hundred more then? Well, you know, there's a hand luggage limit, right? Yeah, true. That's your, that's our excuse. There's a hand luggage limit. Um, so we've got a great goodie bag. Okay, Matt, I'm sold. I've, I've listened through 45 minutes of a podcast to get here. How do I win it? That is a very good question, Tom. And I don't believe we've worked out the mechanic yet. Oh, okay. Um, should I tell people the mechanic now as if we've known it all along <laughs> yes you could do or we could leave this blank and come back to it I think they should go to Coast Great the Kiddie Coast forward slash win and follow whatever instructions are there that address I think that is a very good idea just redirect to a even just a Facebook post that is a very good idea coastercrate.co.uk slash win awesome um, oh, I'm so glad that we you know pre-planned that we had it prepared so, but in fairness, I mean, you've had it prepared, Matt. So, what sort of um, what we call in the industry significant terms and conditions do we have to be aware of about this competition at this moment in time? I'm sure there will be many terms and conditions that we've also not prepared. So, um, if I wanted to know that terms and conditions applied to this promotion, and, and where should I go to find out those terms and conditions? Well, funny you ask that, Tom, because all of the terms and conditions will be at coastercreate.co.uk forward slash win. That's great, um, and and that's available me right now when this podcast episode goes out it will be yeah you can look at it on your uh, laptop mobile device tablet uh, your Nokia 3210 I don't think we have a I'll just check with the internet um, website provider I'm not sure we've got a website if anyone still uses WAP then um, WAP off I'm afraid but um, (laughs) Okay, so a great goodie bag to be won, coastercrate.kdk slash win, is basically what we've been trying to tell you. But uh, we really do appreciate you listening, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy that little competition as well. And a little special hello from the uh, for, for, for our uh, patrons and Patreon. So this is we the really Coastercrate Club, support. isn't it? It's the Coastercrate Club. Everyone should join. And so what if I were to contribute just a small amount each, each month, maybe $2, maybe $4, maybe $8, if I'm feeling particularly generous, what sort of goodies would I receive in return, Matt? Well, funny that you should ask that, Tom. I've just got that information prepared right here. <laughs> if you just want to be a bronze member for two, uh, $2 or more per month, it's in dollars, but uh, you can pay in pounds. I think there's a, a tiny uh, a difference that you'll pay, but it won't be it won't be too much. Um you can get uh, access to our exclusive Patreon content, which is uh, early blog posts, podcasts such as these, which you get early, um, behind-the-scenes info um, and more. And then obviously you get followed by our exclusive uh, Twitter account, which um, is where we post all the good stuff. Or you can be silver uh, for $4 or more per month. You get all of the rewards uh, from, from the bronze section. Uh, you get uh, an exclusive badge, uh, which you can't get anywhere else, which is quite cool. Uh, 10% off everything in the store um, that is literally across everything new products, um, old products anything that's going to be available for uh, pre-order uh, you'll get sneak peeks of future products and designs um, so you can see what we're up to see what we're thinking about um, and uh, you'll get first chance to um, to buy those um, as well so some of them are going to be you know, super limited edition I think we were looking at something today and it was only a run of like 20 so if if you know if you really want to get these these items then that's the one for you. That's the thing. Um, we're not about we mass merchandise. Old. We're about when we design a product, we're gonna you know get it in a small quantity from a really uh, you know kind of great manufacturer supplier, and then we're just gonna put them yeah up our there supplier that and, we use. And once they're know, gone, they're gone. Yeah. Our supplier that we use, and we've actually had a lot of feedback recently on this. You know the t-shirts we get, they're decent. They're you know they're 
100% cotton. The print on them won't fade. It won't crack when you put it in your washing machine. Um, we're really about you know designing the best designs, but also printing them on the best quality products that we can as well. Um, and we, you know, I think that's we're really committed to that. Um, and then finally, the gold level, uh, you get all the rewards that we've said. Uh, you get a 15% instead of 10% discount in the store, which is even better. And you get a free T-shirt after you've been uh, a patron for three months. Um, but the best bit of it is that you can uh, kind of be part of our team, so you, you can give us feedback on what you think and influence what's next. And you know, we'll, we'll, we literally will be on chat and you know chat to you about you know what you're thinking and. We'll show you early designs and we'll get your feedback on that as well. So it sounds really good. And also just to just to add to that and emphasize part of the early access to content that all of our curler members get includes this very podcast. You will get a exclusive secret podcast feed. You'll get all these episodes at least forty eight hours early before everyone else. And we even, if you listen carefully, might give you a little bit extra content as well. So if you'd love this Ooh. podcast, it's a really great way to support us at Coaster Crate Club. And it costs just as little as $2 a month. You can find more about that at coastercrate.co.uk slash club. And, and I think it's important to say, actually, um, I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, I'm paying all this, I'm paying money to them. What, you know, what are they doing with it? Well, you know, we don't just put it in a kitty and go out on a piss up. We, we literally put it straight back into Coaster Crate to make the products. Um, I thought we were putting it in a kitty to go to fun Oh, sorry. Sorry, I should have said. <laughs> we also make, no, we, Matt's right, we also make great products as well, which is, uh, we'll just quickly mention the shop. We obviously have a shop of lots of limited edition theme park merchandise at coastercrate.co.uk. Um, we've got some remaining t-shirts um, for just £5 each. We can pre-order a stunning new A3 print of Nemesis Inferno, which is about to go into production as well. We're so, so close to getting that to print. To, now's your last chance really to pre-order it and get it to launch. Um, that looks brilliant. We've got, we're gonna have lots of just little extra items coming soon, aren't we? We're gonna do some badges, some magnets, a few kind of, you know, more pocket money items, aren't we, Matt? Yeah, definitely. We wanted to kind of mix it up a little bit. You know, the print is kind of our um, hero product for the, for the, you know, for the meantime until we uh, get another big item out. But for now, we kind of just want to keep things fresh, keep people interested, and keep making stuff basically to, you know, keep everyone, everyone interested in it. So yeah, we've got some. Some badges. Um, there'll be some stickers, probably. Um, I think we're looking at some really great magnets of um, of a well, a really highly wanted item, really, wasn't it? When we kind of posted about that on on Facebook, we did oh, a little definitely. teaser. So yeah, that's a shop. And then also just to very quickly mention as well, we've also got a great blog as well. Lots of great articles about our trips to theme parks, favourite things as well. Our latest post on there at the time of recording, could be even more since, um, was the five restaurants we're most looking forward to dining at at Walt Disney World. It's not just about the rides there that we're looking forward to in September. We've got some amazing restaurants coming out, coming up. We're going to be picking our faces and fried chicken at buffets, and we're going to be uh, sampling some lovely African cuisine, overlooking some uh, zebra and giraffe as well. So do check that out. Learn a bit more. That's coastcrate.co.uk. Just click on the blog. Cool. Good stuff. Awesome. Well, I think it's time to wrap up what's been the second episode of the Coast Crate podcast. Um, like I said, if you love it, rate it on iTunes five stars. Let us know what you think at Coast Crate on all of the main social networks. But until next time, well, we'll see you later. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye.